We'll turn in your Bibles for our scripture reading today into Isaiah, the 35th chapter. The title of our message today is called The My Way of Man. In Isaiah, the, the 35th chapter, such a wonderful uh, you know, telling of grace and <clears throat> Redemption. Isaiah 35, 1. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmen and Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense, and he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there and a way. And it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men. The fool shall not enter therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go upon thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. The ransom of the Lord shall return. The highway of the Lord. <clears throat> what a what a wonderful passage. Isn't that just a wonderful passage? It just kind of covers everything from where we are to the Lord making the way for us. And he does everything and uh, takes care of it. <clears throat> and yet... Man always seeks the my way. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I read the other day, and I was kind of doing, I had been working on this for a while, and I was talking to Norm about before they left, and and but I was reading some things, and I found this really great article, and, and it was just like a one-pager, and it was pretty concise and pretty clear about grace and faith and salvation. And then in the end, the last sentence, it says, and these make, uh, for it's for those who accept Jesus. <laughs> oh, it was so good. And then it was just such a disappointment at the end that it, that all that stuff just makes you, enables you to accept or reject Jesus. And uh, what a slap in the face to God who effectually works all things for good for them. And, you know, when he, when he ransoms you, you've been ransomed. And you just find out about it uh, later on. 
you know you know here uh some in past years there's been a number of people that uh that uh applied for government loans to attend college and a lot of them uh they signed up for some fictitious colleges it turns out or some fraudulent colleges that were just uh schemes you know and 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 they a lot of them were uh, arrested and some of them just fell apart but they collected all this money from all these people and that they got from government loans and and here uh, a few weeks ago the the government said we're sending out a letter to all those people that were involved in all these fraudulent schemes saying your debt is canceled you don't have to pay any more on that if you accept that <laughs> no that's not what it said it said your debt is canceled you don't have to pay and it doesn't depend on you no further action needed on your part <laughs> it just it's been taken care of and that's kind of the way the salvation is when the, when the lord reveals the, his son to you and that that he saved you that that's that's kind of the the way it works and and yet man always enters into these schemes of things that are based on his own thoughts and ideas and uh, ideology and you know the basic nature of man is kind of to be religious to be superstitious to be self-righteous and and opposed to what the word of god says but uh that they just don't see it in their natural condition and you know the natural man they're kind of in in two camps both are kind of religious of a, of a nature because one is just based on self and and uh, but one really thinks there is no god no real condemning sin and therefore you don't really need a savior or uh, salvation and uh, under that theme many operate under the concept that here on earth is is all there is and so you you must get for yourself all you can because this life is all there is and then you die and so that's their philosophy as it were then the second believes that there is a god but they have an incorrect and defective view of him and understanding of him and of sin and of salvation and of grace they they don't understand the ramifications of the fall which which uh as mike brought out in genesis this morning that uh, spiritually dead and eventually physically dead uh, and but they don't they don't equate that and and under that theme you know good works count good intentions are worthy jesus loves everyone and heaven is really the goal not i just want to get to heaven I, who cares about that sin stuff uh, all it all depends on what i do and what i say and that gets me to gets me to heaven or or some physical uh, activity <clears throat> and since their understanding is darkened as the scripture says <clears throat> they have no true understanding of of 
how spiritually you're dead in sin and and uh, the fallen nature and the true spiritual condition of the natural or unsaved man <clears throat> and the skewed thinking of that sort impacts the understanding of what is actually required for the deliverance from the penalty of sin you know those folks that had those loans they were on the hook for that they were going to have to pay or there was going to be consequences when they got that letter that says you don't owe this anymore they were free from that but in sin they they don't recognize the the true consequence of it and what is required to to be free from that that debt and you know they they just push going you're going to go to heaven or and on the converse side of that there's just the hellfire brimstone preachers that say you should be afraid of going to hell therefore you should accept Jesus and and so no no real understanding of grace there either and both of those kind of fall into what I've termed the the my way of man and as opposed to the, a highway that God provides and you know, there's solutions and concepts that originate in minds that are dead and sins and trespasses. And the truth of sin and the gospel deliverance are so simple and wonderful that you would think they would be easily understood and accepted. But we find the truth is exactly the opposite of that. They can't be seen or understood. The Corinthians says the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. They have no ability because they're spiritually discerned. Instead, the reliance is on that, that my way of man and the way that man has determined. And they think in their mind, well, my way is as good as God's way. What's wrong with my way? He should be accepting of that. And if he isn't, then it's his problem, not mine. <laughs> That's how they think of God in those small of terms. And... Uh, it's just been that way since the beginning. You know, when 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 Adam sinned, as Mike related in the Bible class this morning, he didn't try to get on the, the highway of God. He hid himself. And uh, then he tried to self-correct and make his own aprons. And, and then he blamed God and blamed the woman. And he, he blamed everybody. Not my fault. You shouldn't be angry with me, God, because he says, actually, God, it's your fault because you gave me the woman. <laughs> That's a bit essentially what he said. And so his, his total existence took such a drastic turn at the fall. It just uh, turned exactly opposite to God. And, and you know, and then it goes on through their son Cain, uh, his he, his son Cain brought offerings from the my way uh, consisting of his works in offering fruits of the ground and I'm sure his, his father said you know when we ate that fruit God said cursed is the ground <laughs> and in sorrow shall thou eat of it all thy life all the days of thy life so, so what's he do he brings an offering from the cursed ground says here this ought to work 
And uh, no, God did not have respect unto Cain's offering. And, and so what did he do? He said, I accept your, I accept Jesus and I'm sorry. No, he killed his brother. <laughs> killed his brother that, that uh, was d- demonstrating the gospel. And, and so it's just serious. How serious is the fall and sin that takes your whole being and transfers it from one that's in alignment and with God to one that's at enmity with him and opposite. And, and you know, it just, it just takes grace to get the road killed off the dead my way. <laughs> they have no ability. You know, I, I was going up to my brothers the other day and, and he said, did you see that nice four point that was in the ditch all swelled up and <laughs> yeah, he'd been hit by a log truck or something on that road and, and killed and he had no ability to get off that and, and go back about his business. He was uh, dead, and and so it takes it takes an act of grace to restore us to the highway of life of God, you know. And the natural man can't even see the highway of God. And true grace, as the Scripture said, is foolishness to him. And he thinks, well, surely you must be able to contribute to or supply your own remedy. I, I'll. I'll make a deal with you. If you do this, I'll quit doing that, or all those things that we're familiar with. Uh, and, you know, in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 17, it says, The highway of the upright is to depart from evil, and he that keepeth his way preserveth his soul. Well, that's a good proverb, but how does one become upright who is dead in sin? How do, how do you do that, and and how do you keep as our keep the way? Well, we're just like that deer. We're just like Lazarus. We're just we can't do it by ourselves because we we lack that ability. The natural man cannot receive those things. <clears throat> In that psalm, or that Isaiah that we read in chapter 35, verse 8 of that says, A highway shall be there. It's, it's there. It's always been there. And a way. It's called the way. And you remember in the New Testament, Paul was on his way to Damascus to, to uh, persecute those that were in that way, the, the way of Jesus, the what they called the way the that just mean that means the road the path and it shall be called the way of holiness the road of holiness and uh, and the unclean shall not pass over it but it shall be for those the wayfaring men though fools shall not err therein uh, I like the the NIV version of that. So the highway will be there and it will be called the way, capital way, capital W way of capital H holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way and the unclean will not journey on it and wicked fools will not go about on it. Uh, That way has been there from 
day one, but yet we can't see it and we can't get on it of ourself. So how does one become upright who's dead in sin? How does one become the clean so that you can be on that highway? Well, the end of that scripture says the ransom shall return. The ones that God has made the atonement for through Christ, the ones that have their sins cleansed and through the blood of Christ. And uh, In Psalm 40, a couple of chapters later, or not Psalm, but Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verse 1 uh, through 5, Isaiah 40 says, one says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. And you know, there's all kinds of TV ads where you're just supposed to send boxes of food to people and that's supposed to be the comfort to them. But that's not what this is talking about. That that would be a good thing to do. And it would be a good thing to do because it's a good thing to do. But it's not the the related to the gospel in, in the way of salvation. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith the God, and speak comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished and that her iniquity is pardoned. For she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. What a word to the church. Comfort you with these words. Your sin, not only has your sin been paid for, but it's been paid for double. There's no, nothing left. It's all been erased. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted or lifted up. All the all the low places that, uh, you know, going down. We live up on a steep hill. And walking down on it is like worse than walking up. It's hard on your every, it's hard to, the muscles and everything that you engage going down a steep slope. It's all. It's worse than climbing up, but the Lord takes care of that. He levels the, he levels the valleys. Every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked path shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And plain as a. Plain as a. A plain, I guess you'd call it. When I was up in Barrow, you could see the Arctic plain up there, and it's so there's nothing growing up there, and it's flat. Well, it's not flat, flat, but it's you can just about see the curve of the earth there because there's just nothing in the way, and you can see all the way around, and it's and you can just about see the curve of the earth there because it's just nothing growing taller than this. And you're only three feet above sea level, and it's a long way to the Brooks Range from there. You can't you can't see them because of the curve of the Earth from there. But 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 uh, it's plain. It's flat. It's it, there's no obstructions there. And and if it's if it's that plain and unobstructed, why can't it be seen? Why can't it be taken? But you know it says unless a man be born again or as your margins might say in that translation, from above, unless a man be born from above, he can't see or enter the kingdom of God. That's from John 3, verse 3 through 5. 
and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. That's what has to happen. The, the glory of the Lord has to be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. <clears throat> in Psalm, the 37th chapter, verse 23, it says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. And when the Lord saves a person, it, he finds out that all of his steps have been directed according to what Mike said in uh, Romans 8, 28, all things are working for good to them that love God who are the called according to his purpose. Well, we don't really see that until it's revealed to us. All the things that God has delivered us from, all the things that that we places we've been, all of our family history, all the way back to who knows that all everything has been engaged to either intersect one of the Lord's sheep with the gospel or uh, to bring the gospel to them or bring them to the gospel. It all, he works it all out. And <clears throat> sometimes that involves wars. Sometimes that involves uh, disasters. Sometimes that involves things that would seem ordinary. But it all he is all working it according to his purpose. Uh, <clears throat> and we find that all of our steps are, are ordered. You know, man in, in our natural state, in the Psalms, and it says, there's none that doeth good. None. They're all gone out of the way in Romans uh, 3.12. They're all together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. That's pretty uh, plain. <laughs> but yet man keeps persistence in saying, well, I've done some good. But they equate that to physical things that are doing good. And, and th again, those things are good to do because they're good to do. But they're not they're not going to be taken into consideration for for redemption or salvation <clears throat> and they're all gone out of the way that's a if we look at that that's kind of like one word in the or a couple words in the greek there out of the way means to deviate from to shun to decline to avoid so that's how we are in our natural state we there is a right way but we like Adam, we avoid that, or we hide ourselves, or or we deviate from it. We go in another direction, uh, we decline it, and it takes God to overcome that uh, declining. <laughs> Proverbs uh, fourteen twelve says, "There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death." That seems pretty plain, but yet in our natural state, we persist in that. The the my way of man is an exact opposition to the way of God and the fruits of the spirit and and you know the the Bible we'll read this here in a minute but the Bible says the the on ramp to the my way of man is broad <laughs> you go to you go to Portland and try to get on the freeway and they have those two lane things with the lights that let you uh, time you so you can kind of get on the freeway and you're you're not all just trying to jam on at once. It kind of puts you on. Well, 
the My Way of Man is like 80 lanes wide and you can just zoom on there onto the broad way that leads to destruction. And, you know, it's it's composed of every false belief that man ever came up with and it's paved with things that all originate in man, pride, self-reliance and unbelief and, you know, they're all opposite of the the fruits of the spirit that God blesses us with and joy and love and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith, all things that are given to us in the new birth. And, you know, uh, when we look at faith, that article that I was talking about that I sent up to Norman, it talked in length about faith and how it's a gift of God and you can't obtain it any other way. And yet it's just a byproduct that gets you to a position where you're able to do or not do something. You know, Hebrews, uh, I like the NIV version of, of this. It says, talks about faith in that faith chapter and it lists all the, the, all the history of all the great names in the Bible. And uh, <clears throat> it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. I like that. Confidence and assurance in what we hope for. We have confidence in what we hope for, not just a, a wish that you don't really have any confidence in, but a confidence that's based in God and His power and His might, His greatness and assurance. When we're saved, we have assurance. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. He, he's not going to save you and not give you that assurance. It's just not going to happen. He will let you know. You know, in Isaiah, back a few chapters back in Isaiah thirty-two seventeen says, The work of righteousness, and Christ is our righteousness, the work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. We don't have to keep going to the back to the drawing board and saying, well, yesterday I did this and I did that and I felt good about my salvation, but today I kind of had a setback and I didn't, I kind of thought or said or did or something that now I'm not so sure about my salvation because it all hinges on what you're doing or what you're not doing. But when God saves you, He gives you peace and He gives you quietness and assurance and you end up saying, I don't know why I did that or I I thank God He took care of that. <laughs> thank God for grace. Well, how is faith obtained? Well, you know, it can't be obtained. It's a gift. It's not earned. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, one verse that I'm sure you're all familiar with, it says, For grace are you saved through faith, and that, not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Because that's what we do. You know, if we if it was just up to us to say, well, I accepted Jesus or I didn't accept Jesus, this conversation could go two ways when we meet with somebody. 
We could say, God had mercy on me, a sinner, and saved me. Or we can say, I accepted Jesus back in 72, and I may, I, I, I gave him my, my heart, and I, I accepted him. So what's our confidence in? Salvation or deliverance from the penalty of sin, which is death. You know, physical death comes to us all, but the second death, which is eternal, it's removed from us through grace, which is in Christ. And if the penalty for sin is death, and the scripture in life tells us that everyone has sinned, there's, there's no one that in reality can go through life and say, I've been pure. then it must be paid for and it's either going to be paid for by us or the substitute that God ordained which is his son it's what it tells us in Romans 5 uh, chapter 5 verse uh, 6 through 11 for when we were yet without strength when we had no ability because we're dead in trespass and sin in due time Christ died for the ungodly at the the fullness of time God sent forth his son made of a woman and for scarcely for a righteous man will one die that that seems pretty plain I mean you wouldn't you wouldn't think you would lay down your life for some uh, Jeffrey Dahmer kind of a guy <laughs> some, some heinous serial killer or someone like that so if it's if it's scarcely for a righteous man one will die, yet peradventure for a good man. Some would even dare to die, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet at enmity with him, when we were in total opposition to him, even if we claimed religion, we were still doing things that denied him and rejected his uh, grace and tried to substitute our own activities. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we'll be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. So that tells you that Christ died for his people, paid for their sins while they were still enemies. And that includes ones that haven't been born yet and ones that have passed on. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. The atonement means that our debt has been paid. The atonement means we are free from that obligation, that debt of sin. <clears throat> we've received, when God reveals that to us, we've received the letter from in the mail that says you no longer owe that debt the my way of man rejects that truth of sin and the penalty for it and the only remedy that God has ordained and substitutes some kind of works uh, really which deny what God has ordained and really when we when we do that we're giving God a slap in the face and saying what you've uh, provided isn't good enough 
we think we have a better way or we only need this much of Jesus because we've done this much good stuff or we haven't done that many bad things that we don't need the totality of of Jesus and that just incurs more wrath you know the natural man thinks he can achieve all these and in fact doesn't desire or need them according to his circumstance and and doesn't concede that these things come by grace blessings of God not according to merit that's what grace means gratis free without merit the my way of man charts an erroneous course to God based on an incorrupt or uh, incorrect or non-existent understanding of God and his reality and and again that way takes us in exact opposite direction from the highway of God which leads to the city of refuge which is Christ there is a way that seems right to a man but the end thereof are the ways of death you find that in Proverbs 14.12 and 16.25 and truer words were never written you know the scripture says we are to be conformed to him in, in Romans 8 the next the very next uh, verse from from uh, Mike's uh, Bible class in Romans 8 28 uh, says for whom he did foreknow that speaks of a people he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren and so for us being conformed begins in being born again and it's a point in time for us as we look at it but in God it was an eternity as Mike read from Ephesians and other places in the scripture for God it began before the foundation of the world There's and there's no other name given that the scriptures say whereby we must be saved and, and even though people agree with the verbiage of that they they really don't agree with the truth of God. Just like that article I read, gives gives all these scriptures and all these truths from Ephesians and Romans and and the Old Testament. And then at the end it says, uh, these are these apply to the person that accept Jesus. <laughs> uh, crazy. Uh, to one that really has no knowledge of of grace. who exist in a world of the unregenerate the, the my way is conceived in what's called the darkness of error is what the scripture calls it It's can you imagine drawing a road map in the dark with no light and just assuming you have a right piece of paper and a pen and you're just kind of scribbling all over the place <laughs> it doesn't lead to anything uh, it seems like in our mind that that ought to be acceptable to God but uh, we're doing the best we can. You know, and they say there's many ways to God and and they're all valid. They're my this way is just as good as that way, and all roads lead to heaven and all those things, but you know that that's that broad way that's built with error and 
paved with the pavement of self-righteousness and works that are created and performed by by the workers of, of free will. You know, this is in Romans 10, uh, Paul wrote that to the, the Jews that suffered from that as a, and they were just representative of all of us where it says, they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of, righteousness of God. And in truth, we, we can't do that until the new birth. We, we, we have no ability to do that, no will to do that, and we won't do that. And you know, I was thinking as I wrote this that we have to have the foundation of the gospel. It's the sure foundation that's built on Christ. And, you know, up in Alaska, where we're from, <clears throat> the ground is awful. A lot of it's frozen year-round. And, and so they build these roads across it. And they never last. <laughs> They're... The soil is unstable because it's ice underneath it. And when you strip off the vegetation and you put some black pavement over it, the sun thaws it out and pretty soon it just goes sinks down to oblivion. And then they come and dig all that out and put some fill dirt over it and, and pave over it again and pretty soon that thaws out and sinks and and Every five years they have to redo the roads up there because they just don't they just don't last and they get to what they call longitudinal fissures in the road big old cracks that go down the middle of the road and they they might be eight inches wide and ten feet deep you know it's, it's where the ground just separates and when uh, the in the winter it gets so cold and so dry up there the ground just pops apart and if you have any underground facilities there they pop apart too <laughs> and uh, it, so it's just unstable and it's bad all the way down and it can't be overcome just by digging down a few feet or meters and covering the pro you know they've always this year we're going to try layering some fabric over that we think that if we put some fabric over that and then we put the gravel down and then another layer of fabric then more gravel, then we'll put some pavement over it, and that'll last five years. <laughs> It'll last maybe five years. Uh, it's defective. The base is defective. It never lasts, and you just have to do it over and over and over again. And, and you know when they do it, you get a temporary feeling of ease and success. It's Boy, when they redo a piece of road that's just been up and down and full of craters and and bad bumps and everything and they they redo it and make it all smooth boy it just feels good and it kind of gives you a temporarily uh, feeling of ease and success but eventually that fails and the res results always the same and and they'll repeat it again in five years and they'll use some different thing you know interesting uh, the the pipeline that goes 750 some miles across Alaska from the very far north all the way down to Valdez everywhere where that's above ground they it's on a like a bridge 
and they have these posts that they put down in the ground and they have these little radiator tubes that go down there and they have these these uh, radiators up above the ground that and it circulates ammonia or something that keeps the ground frozen underneath it and so it doesn't thaw the ground out and the pipeline rides on a little I-beam that goes between those that's I don't know 10 or 15 feet across and and it, it just sits on these Teflon pads and they make it kind of crooked because uh, it's 750 some miles long and it it expands and contracts about three miles a year from winter to summer in so they have to make it kind of zigzaggy and so it can like an accordion so it can kind of accommodate that so it slides back and forth on these Teflon skids on these things that are built up over the ground and that keep the ground frozen up in barrel they put all the houses up on poles on stilts so that the cold air can go underneath them and keep the ground frozen otherwise they just they just sink so but it's expensive to do that <laughs> and so uh, rather than do that they uh, they try the cheap and cheerful method but you have to redo it all the area it would be impossible to build a highway system like that it would just not be feasible but but the right way is too hard too expensive it and it's the same thing with salvation you know the the cost of casting aside your pride and your self-exaltation and all those things is just too much for the natural man he can't do that that has to be overcome by the new birth and uh, you know we claim to give our heart to Jesus but the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked it tells us all this is okay and it's going to work just like that crummy road but the truth is as it says in Ezekiel 36 is it 36 26 I'll give you a new heart I'll take the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a, a new heart a new spirit I'll take care of you. I'll give you a heart to know me and to love me. You know, Paul, when he was on that road to Damascus, he was he told this story over and over and over again. I think three times in the Acts and Galatians, and he was always telling people, hey, you know what's happened to me? I accepted the Lord on the way to Damascus. <laughs> I had a... I just thought it over and thought, you know what? I should just accept Jesus. But he says, you know what? I verily thought within myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And he was on his way there to wreak havoc and persecute the church. And, and he, he'd already had some cast in prison and had them killed and all those awful things. And, he, you know, he thought he was on the right road. He thought he, he was representing the Jewish religion. He was, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. I was, I was all those religious things. And I thought I was doing God a service by persecuting them that were in that way, is what he said, that were on the king's highway. 
But you know what he said? He said, I thought I was doing many things contrary to the name of Jesus. And then he says, a big light shined on me and and knocked me to the ground. <laughs> and then the Lord revealed himself to him. That's what he said uh, in Galatians uh, 1, 15 and 16. He says, when it pleased God to reveal his son in me, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood all those things he looked at and said boy I did a lot of awful things but somehow God was working it for good to them that love God who are the called according to his purpose and it turns out he was going to be the author of much of the New Testament he was going to be a mighty declarer of the gospel to the Gentiles and and so that's what it takes to put us on the king's highway and take us off the my way of man turn me and I shall be turned is what it says in Jeremiah turn us again O God in Psalm 80 turn us, a God, turn us again O God turn us again O God turn us again O God we must be turned or we'll be like those lemmings of the far north with suicide vests that are on the road to the cliff <laughs> Turn by grace, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. So we'll close there. We'll have a closing hymn and be dismissed. Thank you for your attention. <laughs>